What is this song? Troy? Eric Clapton, Father's Eyes. Mm. Neat. Sorry, it was a bump. It was just a quick hit oh, I, on my rotation. I, hit my father's eyes. How dare you? Yeah. First of all. Yeah. Uh, apology not accepted. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I just wanted to know what it was. I got gotcha. you. It's hour two of the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner. Troy Coverdale. David G. It's just us three. Troy's on the board today. Uh, giving him a hard time after uh, basically around every corner. <sighs> I mean, it's been rough, but he's still here, still standing, still smiling. Uh, a little bit of Chiefs breaking news. Defensive end Frank Clark has been suspended for the next two games, and it what? was a suspension we oh, – I think we saw it coming, didn't we? This is because of um, officially violating the NFL's personal conduct policy, but this is from his, uh, his misdemeanors for possession of a assault weapon, and he was sentenced to uh, a year of probation. He had 40 hours of community service. So the the Chiefs are on a bye this week, but the next two games are against the Titans and against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Good time for him to be out. So Frank Clark is going to be out. You know, you know the, the Jaguars are, uh, you know what? Oh, Tony Khan, it's, you know, his dad owns it really, but uh, <laughs> Tony Khan's a part of the uh, – you know, the, the franchise, of course. Mm-hmm. They're by his dad's side. He, for those that don't know, he's the owner of AEW. And they have a lot of shows, actually. Daly's Place, that's connected to where the Jacksonville Jaguars play. TIAA Bank Stadium, something like that. Uh, but, um, you know, they're, they they feel like, I feel like they're better, you know. I think Trevor Lawrence is doing better. You know, they just can't hang on to leads. Yeah. And they really, they were a half a yard away from winning that game. I mean... Oh, against the Giants? Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah, I thought they were going to beat the Giants. I was like, yes, let's go Jags. Let's take down the Giants. Don't need them winning still. (laughs) And they are. But they lost 23-7. They've lost the last, uh, let's see. So the the Jaguars have lost four in a row. They've all been by one possession. Oof. You lose big. All five of the losses by one possession. Oof. Hmm. You lose big, then you lose close, then you start winning close, then you start winning big. Travis ATN, too. Fantasy well, football update. He's doing good now. I, I I had thought at the time, you know, it's week three. Yeah. And the Jaguars just throttle the Chargers. I was like, all right. And I was like, then they're two and one. I was like, man, this Jaguars team might have, like, really turned to 180. Mm. And then they lose four straight. Yeah. Kind of humbles you, you know? You know, speaking of Chargers, dude, what is the story there, man? They're not good. They are not good. They brought in a lot of high-priced free agents, too, and just stinking it up, man. But, I mean, you know, speaking of just kicking ass, (laughs) the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting that victory. Taking down the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Is our our special guest ready to go there? All right. Mason Voth from Emaw Online's joined us to talk about the cast. But before we get there, Mason, are the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl? Uh, I'm 24 years old and a Cowboys fan, and they've never made it further than the divisional round in my lifetime. So I'm just going to go with what history tells me, and that's a big fat no. I've been alive for three Super Bowl wins. Three. And uh, I think they were all before I turned six. (laughs) So, yeah, Mason, you just kind of missed out on, you know, technically being alive for a championship run. But, uh, no, I'm probably, you know. 
you know me. I, I used to be the delusional Cowboy fan. I'm like, hell yeah, they're going to the Super Bowl every year. Uh, if you ask me in high school or college, absolutely they're going to the Super Bowl. Tony Romo taking them all the way. These days, I'm like, you know what? I, I got to see it before I believe it. You know, I got to I gotta see it to believe it. You know what I mean? I got to see it happen. Oh. Uh, all right, Mason, you made the trip down to Fort Worth, Texas, and he saw the Cats lose by 10 points to uh, the TCU Horned Frogs in a top 25 matchup by the final score of 38 to 28. But we also saw injuries roll, you know, just pile on. It happened like it felt like it was happening every, every five minutes. We're getting these updates uh, from those on Twitter. That guys are getting hurt. But after hearing from Coach Kleiman, what injury of what we learned about on Saturday is most concerning to you at this point? Uh, that's a good question because there are, are a couple of them that are fairly concerning. Um, I, I I would like another week to, to be able to answer this accurately because I would still say Adrian Martinez at this point in time just because we don't know the full nature and full extent of it. Uh, and I don't know yet if what we saw from Will Howard on Saturday was the new and improved Will Howard, or if that was just kind of uh, an apparition and we're never going to see that from him again. Uh, the last two years would suggest that's not who he is, but things change. He's been he's in the program for a third year now. Um, so if it's not Adrian Martinez, then it's definitely Daniel Green, because he was one of the few guys that when he came out of the locker room, he came back without his helmet, he was wrapped up, uh, around his like midsection. So that one's very concerning because especially this weekend with Khalid Duke having to miss the first half, you're down a linebacker in that spot. Uh, and I just think he makes a ton of plays for him that sometimes are noticed, but other times are not. And they definitely need his presence out there to uh, help them in a, a very talented Big 12. So Daniel Green is probably the most concerning one, especially since that seemed to be the only guy that Chris Kleiman was the most down on with his chances of playing this weekend uh, when we heard from him today. Daniel Green's my answer, too. Quarterback of the defense. He has not missed a game since he is since he has not been a redshirt. After his redshirt year, he's, he's played in every single game, and now he's a two-year starter. And you know, I think that's kind of a big deal to be missing. Plus, he's one, of, in my opinion, the one of the more sure tacklers in the run game when it comes to the you know at the linebacker level and. Hard to replace that kind of experience. So, yeah, Daniel Green, that's a that's a big one to lose, and it could be for an extended period of time. But we'll see. You know, just not sure if Will Howard wasn't as good as he was in that first half. I would certainly be, uh, you know, obviously everybody would be very worried about the QB position if AJ Martinez is not ready to go. But you were kind of talking about it there. Has, is your optimism a lot higher about Will Howard? Like, are you confident that he'll come out and play a good game? against Oklahoma State after what you saw in Fort Worth? Uh, the term confidence is going to be one that I don't use just because uh, I think a lot of people in the K-State circles have PTSD going back to those first two years. But I will say that I'm a lot more optimistic about it. Um, I think he's always handled things very well um, on the, the like off the playing field. Uh, it's just sometimes when he's gotten into the flow of a game, the bullets start flying, and he's not the quickest to react. He doesn't respond in the most positive of ways. But I, I think what we saw on Saturday from him was a guy that is in his third year and has picked up a few more things. There's less expectations, I guess, on him now, maybe when he comes in than initially. And I, I also think that the way that the game got called was in a way that it was, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you a chance to take some shots. Like, 
who cares if you end up making a mistake here? We don't really have much to lose. And I kind of hope that's how they decide to attack it on Saturday if he is the guy out there because he's shown in the past, like, mistakes will happen. Um, You might as well make a mistake trying to bomb it 35 yards down the field instead of five yards down the field and just kind of see if he can make a play because he certainly has the talent. Like, even in those first two years, he threw some really good balls. He would make some big plays with his legs. Now it's just about being consistent and eliminating some of those uh, honestly, Adrian Martinez like mistakes that we saw Martinez make in Nebraska, and if they, if they're able to limit that with Will Howard moving forward, then I, I will change the word optimistic to confident um, because I did like what I saw from him on Saturday. Well, and again, we don't know who the quarterback is going to be for K State on Saturday. It's it's up in the air. It could be Adrian if he if he's feeling good on Thursday when he. You know, when he works out, and because he didn't do anything yesterday, if he can get through the week and be one hundred, not one hundred percent, but he can move his legs, he can run, he can do the normal things you can, you, you should be able to do as a quarterback. We'll probably see Adrian out there if he's not able to do those things on Thursday and Friday. That it's going to be the Will Howard show for Saturday, which, believe it or not, it'd be his third start against the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the last three years. But you know, that of course remains to be seen. Um, but I will say. Um, what does put confidence into my heart and soul about Will Howard is, yes, it did build because of how well he was just slinging the football in that first half, and then he, he started to get that momentum back late in the game. It was late in the game, but he started to get it back, and he just missed the throw barely to, uh, to Cade Warner. But uh, Oklahoma State's defense, um, I knew going into that TCU game that Casey would be able to throw against them. And Will Howard was able to throw against him. I think Oklahoma State's slightly worse defensively in the past game. And they they potentially just lost their best defender, or one of their best defenders in the secondary. And Jason Taylor statistically says he's the best. So that's where I'm getting my optimism from for uh, Will Howard to have a much better game than he did two years ago at, at the Bill against Oklahoma State. What was the uh, what was the atmosphere like in Fort Worth? Um not very friendly would probably be the way that I would phrase it. I spent the the third quarter and then a little bit of the fourth quarter uh, watching the game from the sidelines. So I was down there when uh, a couple of the like beer cans and bottles got thrown on the field near the K-State sideline. Um, so it was pretty hostile. And then I know that uh, from people that were there, whether it was my family or some other people I knew, uh, that it got a little bit rowdy in some spots. And that, it, you know, it, it crossed the line at times, I think, of, just, you know, kind of playful back and forth with opposing fans to where it, it kind of borderlined on nasty. So uh, I, I think that it was a pretty uh, tough environment to go into because everybody was probably a little bit on edge with it. So uh, I would just remind TCU that God is always watching. So that's <laughs> what, I, what I've been reminding them of. I guess they forgot about that. Um, their professors may have to teach them a lesson or two this week. Yeah, I, I kind of actually forgot about that because I, I was reading on Twitter that the, the public address announcer had to say, hey, guys, let's not throw stuff on the field. And yeah, there were like beer bottles on the field or I even seen a picture of, of a beer bottle being on the field or like a referee had to stop play to get one off the field or something like that. Um, did, did you see at any time debris actually live with your own eyes go onto the field? Yeah, I was in the uh, like one of the corner of the end zones when – when a bottle came down there and landed like in the field of play, there's mm-hmm. another one that ends up on the sideline, kind of away from uh, where where K State was was set up at. So 
it was definitely different, and I don't really know the circumstances as to why they decided that was the time to start throwing stuff on the field because, I mean, TCU was driving with the ball and getting ready to take the lead back and everything, but it was certainly a, a unique experience there. When did assume that a, a, Texas, or a, a Christian private would be selling beer, first of all, in the stands? Uh, that is interesting. But uh, for those fans that were doing that, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not a good look. That's a tough, tough look. Also here, I mean, Mesa, we even heard in our group chat from uh, some of the guys that were down at the game in the stands that uh, some of those fans were not exactly polite during the game. But uh, anyway, I'll, I'll experience it someday in my time. Okay, so we, we've talked – a little bit here and there, of course, about Will Howard and then about the injury situation. There's a long laundry list, and it's a lot of questionable questionable guys for the game Saturday against Oklahoma State. What is your, you know, knowing what you know about Oklahoma State, their comeback win against Texas, and then that you know close loss in overtime to a TCU is the last two games you can go off of. Close win, close loss, and then the injury issues with K-State. I mean, truly, like, what's your gut feeling right now about this game? I think there's a ton of factors that go into it. I think it's kind of odd because thinking about the the way other people are viewing it, I mean, the the odds for the game keep moving towards K-State's direction where they're one-and-a-half-point favorites right now, and they may be without their quarterback, and they may be without a lot of other guys. The benefit they have, though, is that Oklahoma State's going to be out with a bunch of dudes um, a lot of them on the defensive side of the ball, which even when Oklahoma State has had some of those guys, they haven't been the best defensively. So that that's a positive. And then I think if you look about at some of the key elements to K-State's defense, like even though it may be a little bit limited and they managed him, uh, I thought pretty well on Saturday against TCU. Felix and DK Uzama is still going to be able to play. You'll get Khalid Duke back in the second half. It seems like Julius Brent is trending in the right direction to play. Um, we didn't get an update on Josh Hayes at all today from, from Coach Kleiman. I That would almost make me think that maybe they do, like he is out there, since it wasn't significant enough to be mentioned. Um, but I, I think that they'll be able to do some things. And at the end of the day, they needed a lot of things to go wrong for Texas to be able to beat them over the weekend. Um, and it's been a while since K-State has beaten Oklahoma State. So, you know, part of it is, is gut feeling and the direction of some of the injuries. And another part of me is just one of those weird things where you say K-State hasn't beaten Oklahoma State in such a long time that it probably seems like um, now's as good of an opportunity as any. And we'll see if K-State's able to go into attack mode for the game. I think that's one part about it. You, you mentioned Khalid Duke there. I think we forget, like, yeah, he got that late targeting call. He's not going to play in the first half against Oklahoma State. So, you know, a, a position where Khalid is – you playing a lot of the time. Desmond Purnell is backing him up. You know, Desmond Purnell now has to play this first half, and then behind him you have Crew Jackson, who's hardly played, and then Jake Clifton, who is who's a true freshman. So not a lot of experience there um, at that same linebacker position for that first half against the Pokes. Uh, luckily, they're not great at running the football, and they might be without their starting running back. Um, all right, Mason, uh, to wrap up here. We, we were talking in the first hour about since Halloween is on Monday, what is your least favorite Halloween candy? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, there's there's quite a few that I, I guess I would probably say that I don't like. Um, but probably one of the more popular options that people tend to like. Uh, I'm not a big Skittles guy. I Ooh. think they are disgusting. So that's the one I'm out on. Uh, I had a... 
it was a first grade teacher. She wasn't my teacher, but you know, around like each holiday, you kind of do like rotations in school. So you go to each different classroom and you have kind of the different thing you do. Well, I think, I don't even remember what holiday it was, but we go into her classroom and she's doing something where it's like counting M&Ms out and then you're using them to make something. And then at the end, like any of the leftover ones, like you get to eat. Um, by the time my class got there, she had run out of M&Ms. So she had moved on to using Skittles. And I knew this. And I tried to confirm with her, like, hey, you no longer have M&Ms. These are Skittles, right? And she's like, oh, no, no, no. Those are M&Ms. Oh. And, she, <laughs> like, she made me eat them. And I put them in my mouth, instantly knew, uh, was fired up. And I, I just got up and left her classroom and walked back to my teacher's. Uh, and she had like a little bathroom tucked away in the back corner of the classroom. I went in there and I spit him out in the toilet. Worst experience of my life. And to this day, uh, I, ha- I hate Mrs. Ward for it. So <laughs> I don't know what Mrs. Ward's situation is right now. But I, uh, I mean, I hope, you know, in life things go well. But I hope she has a lot of minor inconveniences along the way because she was a nasty and horrible person for making me do that. So I'm not a <laughs> well, Mrs. Ward person. So Ma- shout out to her. Mason, I'm very sorry that you went through that very dramatic experience. First of all, nobody should ever mix mix Skittles and M&M's. No. But on the other hand, um, your take on Skittles being trash and nasty and, and just and terrible uh, you couldn't be more wrong, my friend. I love <laughs> Skittles. Yeah, shout out to Mrs. Ward, too. I loved her. Loved her class. Fantastic class, man. She had and the best treats, I heard. She had the best Skittles. She had the them all, Skittles. baby. Wildberry, Sours, Original. They were great. No spitting them out in no. the weird uh, sink in somebody else's room for me, pal. Love them. Uh, yeah, not not a Mrs. Ward fan. And that stuck with me to this day. So, like, whenever... Like, my brothers would be going up through school. I'd be like, oh, you guys do not want this board for any reason. But that was like, like backing I had for it. So Watch out, she's trying to poison you with Skittles. Either, my mom works at the school, so I felt like if I was, like, too outward at home with, like, my dislike for her, she would say something and get on me for it. But now I'm 24 years old. I'm a Mike Gundy man. I can take it, so I'm cool with just blasting her for it. <laughs> well, Mason, uh, as we wrap up um, – I've been reading the content on email online. It's it's awesome stuff. You guys are doing a great job. Let us know uh, how we can subscribe and uh, keep up with what's going on with the cats. Yeah, you can uh, go to Rivals and go to the K-State site, or you can just uh, type in kansasstate.rivals.com, and it'll take you right there. Sign up, subscribe, get all the uh, information you need on the cats, talk with whoever you want on there. You know, anonymous people on the message board is always a good time to – to get involved with that, and uh, we keep things flowing daily, recruiting updates. Uh, that's kind of a big thing this week. They're going to have um, some pretty significant visitors in town this weekend and even next weekend as well. Um, so they got big pushes for the, the end of the 2023 recruiting class for football and then uh, turning their, their heavier emphasis to the 2024 class. So a lot of good stuff uh, over there to check out. Mm, very interesting. Some uh, big-time recruits coming into town. Go to EMA online, get up to date who those recruits just happen to be. Mason, greatly appreciate your time. I love you. Uh, I love you too, Mitch. Bye. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd say it back. That was really nice. <laughs> that was a really a nice moment on the show. That was very nice. Love you. All right. Latest on the injuries for the Cats, Oof. Coach Kleiman answered like four or five questions about it. You can imagine there were a bunch. And we'll get some uh, updates-ish 
on some guys that were injured during the game Saturday against TCU after these words. Got some ghost. Bum, love this song. Love this band. Yes, I love ghosts. You are a in my ghost top fan. five. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Five three seven thirteen fifty. The number to call. This would be the chance to call now if you uh, want to talk anything. Cats injuries game Saturday. Whatever. Uh, we'll get to Coach Kleiman here in just a moment. A reminder, we're less than a week away from K-State women's basketball starting its season. Exhibition on Halloween against Fort Hayes State at 6.30. The game right here on K-Man with pregame starting at 6. And uh, a week from today, I'm going to bounce a little bit early from the show as pregame at 6, tip-off at 7. Exhibition for the K-State men's basketball team. And the not like official debut, but uh, coaching debut. For uh, Coach Tang and the staff with this new basketball team in Kansas State, taking on Washburn, 7 o'clock on November 1st, a week from today, and pregame at 6 here on uh, KMA. And I got you know, to imagine that's going to be one of the more, uh, more higher-attended exhibition games that we've seen in the past. Yes. Interesting turn, by the way, when you realize that with the additions of the new uh, suites, if you will, the adjustments that have been made at Bramlage, 11,000 the seating now. Yeah. Capacity, yeah, down to uh, 11,000. They've added more suites in the student section. Mm -hmm. There's a little irony to that for me. Okay. Do you you remember what Ahern's seating was? I do not. Just over 11,000. Was it? It's just interesting. We went from... Yeah, I mean... Granted, I, you you need the suites and you need the the well, luxury stuff. I mean, heck, I, yeah, from from a financial standpoint, you have to have it. I mean, there are what, TCU and Texas. I mean, they've built smaller, smaller arenas. You know, they they went new but went smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, it just kind of I I don't I, I guess it is what it is. Uh, but I mean, s- season tickets. I, I saw an article from Kellis Robinette, and actually he promoted it. I saw it was yesterday or the day before that. You know, talking to Gene Taylor, and that season tickets are like roughly around around ten thousand for the men's basketball team this year. And sheesh, I mean, it's an amazing number. Wow, it's got to be a higher number that we've had in a while. Yeah, I would assume that's crazy. I, I, I would think the next closest number that would rival, at least when it comes to time, was when the team won the Big Twelve championship. Charles from Wamigo oh. wants to weigh in this afternoon. What's up, Charles? I got a comment on your Halloween candy list. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, Whoppers are great, man. <laughs> There's hey, not Charles, enough thanks, chocolate. Thanks for calling, Charles. We'll take it easy. No. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'll tell you how great Whoppers are. Uh-huh. Is I remember my most disappointing Halloween candy because I thought it was a Whopper. <laughs> and that is milk duds. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big oh. fan either. They are, they're chocolate duds. That's what they are. Yes. I mean, the, 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 they got half the name right. It, it, they are duds. <laughs> I, I still, I still remember that. The first time I had milk duds, I thought I thought it was like a knockoff Whopper. And I bit into it. And it's just there. Oh. 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 Otherwise, the rest of your list I thought was pretty good. Yeah, the, the, so the Whopper thing, I remember my grandparents having those around. And they they look great, 
But when you buy into it, it's just it, it's it, it was. I remember it being disappointing. It just wasn't what I was expecting. The texture, the chew, and everything. It just it didn't hit. Like so, maybe it just, I overhyped it when I was a, when well, I was six years old. I think the difference is I think you guys are all big time chocolate nuts, and I like just a little bit of chocolate. Mm. I, I mean, think that that makes a big difference on Whoppers. If I had to put together like a top five, I would have. Reese's, I but I also have the fruity candy. Oh, yeah, like, Reese's, Reese's are great, but Whoppers, Whoppers are up there too. I Reese's, I could, you know, they're up there. Uh, and also the big mystery of Halloween. Why can't we ever get full size crackle bars? Who's out here spending that kind of cash this year, especially? Nobody's going to do that for us. But it'd be nice. But you never. But crackles like a knock knockoff Nestle Crunch. I right. mean, that's so they're a little bit cheaper. Why? I, you know, to me, that's one of the mysteries. Why? <laughs> why only many many crackle bars? Why can't you ever get any large size ones? I, I have never in my life, when trick or treating, I have never once in my life walked up to a door and been handed a full size candy bar. That is something I've never experienced in my life. But uh, what I'm talking about. You don't see full size crackle anywhere. Well, I was going to say, like you brought up Crunch Bar, I felt like you feel like you, that's you, better than Crunch. You did used to see full size crackle bars. I think Hershey's downsized some of what their offerings were, and so they got rid of the full sized. That's mm. history. I'm not sure about. That's history I'm yeah. familiar with. I do remember when you could buy those. That was kind hey, of the uh, onto the onto the game this Saturday. Sure. Uh, I don't think we ought to compare injuries with Oklahoma State. Uh, if if you saw their well, I, I was listening to their uh, to one of their stations at the end of their game, and according to them, they were down seven offensive starters at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had Sanders, their two tackles, and Brennan Presley, and that was it. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Down to starting uh, wide receiver. Of course, of course uh, Cole Birmingham hasn't played this year. That's one of them. He was injured back in the spring, and then Jaden Braves barely played. Uh, so they're offensively, they're terribly banged up. I tell you, the other, the other weird thing, you're talking about quarterback injuries in the Big 12. The only two teams whose quarterbacks have stayed healthy the whole year long are West Virginia and Iowa State. Wow. Yeah. And they're and they the two stink. worst teams in the conference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're like, they're wishing. No. <laughs> but you're right, Charles. So, also another name, you know, Dominic Richardson. And again, Oklahoma State is not a good rushing team. I mean, they're down. They average, I think, less than four yards a carry. But Dominic Richardson, who's been their best rusher, he had three rushing touchdowns against Texas. He might be out for that game. But I, I do actually, I turn my attention to defensively because late in that game, Jason Taylor, I'm sure you saw his knee buckled really bad, and I, 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 he's got to be one of the he's got to be one of their best defenders, one of the best in the secondary. I think statistically he's the best, and so if if he's well, he, missing, he, that's big. He's their interception guy, right? I mean, I agree with what Wyatt what Wyatt said yesterday on your take conversation. Jabbar Muhammad's all conference. He just doesn't make interceptions because he doesn't get a chance to intercept the football. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad's the best defensive back in the conference, and it's a crime that he's not on the Thorpe semifinalist list. I can't believe that Jason Taylor and then Tomlinson at TCU are both on the Thorpe semifinalist list, and Jabbar Muhammad's not. I mean, he covers and tackles. I've seen him blow up a couple screens this year against two blockers. I mean, he's just 
he's going to play in the pros. But uh, the the one guy you got to watch out for with Oklahoma State is going to get to play more is uh, uh going to get his name wrong. Nixon, the backup running back, that kid can run. Oh, Jaden. Uh, yeah. Yes, he can run. He is explosive. Now they only want to give him like ten or fifteen touches a game, but I'm going to tell you every play. He, he can take it the distance, man. He, he's, he's got some explosiveness, just like uh, Chuba Hubbard did several years ago. He, yeah. he is a threat every time he touches it. And the thing about Nixon, he's young. He's just a retro freshman. I mean, he just started playing now, and he, he, he did I, – I don't know how many carries he had against Texas, but – no, I, I know what you're talking about. And I, yeah, I do – go ahead. Yeah. The 51-yarder he lost a shoe on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still took I mean – you know, you can run pretty fast when you lose your shoe and you still go another 20 yards down the field. Yeah. Well, and my other concern is him being a strong runner, how and we saw it with Kendry Miller about our missed tackle, or, you know, it feels like we should have stopped him for two or three yards and he's the stronger guy of the of the bunch and he's pushing for an extra two or three yards and turns in three-yard gain to a six- or seven-yard gain. I mean, to me, that's a big issue. Um, and and Jaden Nixon could be that guy that does that to us. It is. I mean – that's the thing with Dominic Richardson. He's going to get you four yards, but he hasn't shown any ability to break one. No, and I that's, agree. That's, I mean, you know, and they're, they're sort of hurt, too. You know, they had two running backs who, was, who they thought were going to come back that didn't. Uh, L.D. Brown, who had an extra year available but didn't take it. And then uh, Jackson, the kid who got tackled on the goal line against Baylor, he transferred out to Stan Houston State. They they were both ahead, of, ahead on the depth chart, so – you know, really, they were expecting Richardson to be no, definitely not the starter. So, but I'll tell you the other thing that we've got to look out for in that game those defensive ends, man. Yeah. All four of them are good. Yeah. I know Wyatt mentioned Brock Martin and Colin Oliver. Mm-hmm. Well, Trace Ford Trace was the did. guy who gave Texas a lot of trouble. He sure did. And uh, Tyler Lacey, I mean, the, that four man rotation defensive end, you just don't get any breaks. Even if one of them goes down or goes out, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen a four a four man rotation defensive end like this. I mean that 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 rotation defensive end that's that's Ohio State Alabama quality. It really is those four guys because there is no drop off there. Charles, we got another call, but I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Charles from Amigo. Let's go ahead and jump to the other call. What's uh, who do we got? Troy. Yeah, this is Ron. Oh, hey, Ron. This is Ron. Yes. Um, when you were talking about uh, uh, the candy corn, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, before you before you totally blast it, sometime <laughs> try buying some peanuts and combining it with the candy corn, and you're going to end up with a payday. Ooh! No, that's a separate that's a separate candy bar. Is a payday? Oh yes, I know that. <laughs> But, but, a penny uh, from my mouth. Try it, try it sometime, guys. Try it sometime, and, and uh, you'll you'll uh, you'll uh, well you'll think that you're eating a payday. Uh, Ron, nice. I, I tell you what, I will try it. I will try. I, oh. you, I I'll have somebody pay for the candy corn, and then I'll get the peanuts, and I I'll, I'll promise I'll I'll try it and give you a verdict at some point. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. Great Appreciate show. the call. Great show. Great great show today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's get to, uh, real quick, I do want to get to the Chris Kleiman highlights here from uh, earlier today about 
the situation of, of injuries they really piled up on Saturday against TCU. Guys hurt. We know that. Nothing should be season-ending. That's great news. We learned that early in the press conference. Where is Adrian Martinez right now? He didn't do anything yesterday. I don't know if he'll be available. I I, I don't. Um, you know, last week we tempered some things with him in practice, and uh, he felt pretty good. Uh, as the game got started, he couldn't go, and that's the bottom line. And that's Adrian, the medical people, and, and our trainers. And luckily, we had Will Howard that could come in and play. That's played football for us, and and so I hope Adrian's available. I don't know if he'll be available. Will Howard is going to be available, so if Adrian can't go, it will be Will. We don't know exactly who it's going to be, so and we're not going to know until Saturday, until it's 2.35 or whenever the game kicks off, and who emerges out of the huddle will, will tell us. Uh, which, by the way, Casey lost the coin toss for the first time this season against oh. TCU, so, uh, you know. It just couldn't catch a break. No. Couldn't catch a break all day. Um, and then uh, defensively, status was brought up about Julius Prince and Daniel Green, two big-time leaders. I would say it's a better chance of Julius right now. And I know Deuce is getting some other things done today, but I I won't probably know until late, to, late this afternoon what they find out. And I'm telling you, having Julius Prince would be big. I, that, that would be huge. Oklahoma State is very blessed – at the wide receiver position, even though they are banged up. it Kind of the same thing with Oklahoma State. They are banged up. We knew that heading into the Texas game. That was well reported on, that they were going to miss some guys. But it's also kind of like, you know, okay, those that didn't play, they got their time off. Are they now good to go to come back this week, or are they out? I guess that might be a similar situation where we, we'll find out maybe who's warming up, and we'll be able to tell, all right, are they going to have a – a guy back. You know, they were missing a starter at wide receiver against Texas to begin the game. Will he come back? Just not exactly sure. It's just kind of a wait and see. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of the it's it's crunch time. I mean, these next two games are gigantic to tell the story. Is, is K-State going to be able to overcome and keep their hopes alive to make it to Arlington? you got to win a game like this. You really do. Yeah. Will Howard's got to lead this team. Deuce Vaughn has to carry this team on his back and Defensively, there's going to have to be some young guys step up. We know at the Sam linebacker position that Khalid Duke, he's not going to play that first half. Hey, Desmond Purnell, who has shown that he could play some good football, he's going to have to play some really good football now. And if he doesn't play the whole time, that means you're going to go to some guys that have limited experience. Akru Jackson, when I say limited, just overall playing time, he's played in games, but very limited. And then a true freshman in Jake Clifton might have to play, but that's a might at this time right now but uh boy you really hope heading into this game where it's such a crucial time in in big 12 standings and big 12 play to have as many healthy bodies as you could possibly have we just don't know exactly how many healthy bodies there'll be from the injuries we learned about on saturday all right we'll finish the show with number one song of the day and ask us anything next strolling in the park watching winter turn to spring Oh, you know we're coming in with a banger for number one song today. From 74, Feel Like Making Love by Roberta Flack. A whole week at number one. Only one. Just one. Yeah, can you believe it? Is anybody thinking, in the, well, I'll get that here in just a second. Yeah, I'll boy. save that first here. But... American singer from Black Mountain, North Carolina. Sounds haunted. (laughs) 
I've seen that movie. She was a she was a child prodigy, man. By the age of 15, she went to college, Howard University, to study music. Uh, she changed her major from piano to voice, uh, which are two majors I didn't know existed. But uh, <laughs> she even became an assistant conductor for the university choir before she was 18. Damn. Uh, but she was a huge influence on contemporary R&B. It was a uh, subgenre called Quiet Storm. Radio format where it's like smooth, romantic, jazz. Quiet Storm. Uh, and the name actually came from Smokey Robinson in a 75 album called A Quiet Storm. Nice. Shout out to Smokey. Troy, if somebody had rolled up into the K-State marching band as a 15-year-old prodigy and taken your spot and then ended up being a drum major, would you have hated them? That's a great question. The answer is yes. Yeah, I mean, come on. Probably so, This kid don't know nothing. And that's when he entered the transfer portal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God you don't have to worry about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Flack was the first artist to ever, uh, first artist to win the Grammy Award for Record of the Year two consecutive years. Whoa. 20 studio albums, 11 top 40 hits, and it's a, her last of three number ones. It's from her fifth album, Feel Like Making Love. So, typically, you can imagine the, the, the songs that top the charts, Billboard Hot or whatever. You know, it's probably a song that's got that catchy hook, novelty, or, you know, just fun narratives, or just something completely catchy of that pop genre. That's historically the way it goes. This was a different case. This was simply the mood it set. Yeah. It set the mood. Yeah. This goes on. This is what we, we had one last week, just like this. This song comes on and you go, oh boy. I think I know what's going on tonight. I mean, it, there's not, there's hardly anything to this song. Very soft singing, mm-hmm. never picks up at any time. No. It's just, it's musicians just barely touching their instruments. For sure. It's like just v- lightly touching yes. the drums, yes. lightly strumming a bass guitar, and that's it. There's uh-huh. not much to it. It's all about the mood. Quiet storm rolls through. Let's make love. Another thing about this, so Eugene Dan- McDaniels, nobody knows him, right? But he wrote this song. It took him 45 minutes. How long did it take Roberta Flack to record it? 45 minutes. About three minutes. It, she only did it one time. Damn. First take. This is it. Roberta Flack is awesome. Child prodigy. She had it down. Wow. She had it down. Uh, went on to receive three Grammy nominations for this song, and it made her the first female vocalist to top the chart in three consecutive years. Wow. Not too shabby a trendsetter. But here's what I was saving here. You know, I remember hearing this song. I was like, you know what? I swear I heard this in a movie one time. But it wasn't her. It was like a, it was some cover. Well, it just so happens. I, I, I then hit me, the Dan Band. But it wasn't like, it wasn't the hangover. It wasn't old school. Remember when Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson was in Starsky and Hutch? Oh. If you could kill this, Troy. Oh, boy. That's the time. I feel like making love to you. Oh, baby. <laughs> Come on, yo. In a restaurant. In a topless bar. <laughs> in a high school. 
Yeah, I mean, crushed. yes, crushed it. Crushed. Absolutely. And I like Vince Vaughn in the movie's like digging yes. it. You know what I mean? He's not like shocked by the He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And with the Dan Bay, the singer Dan, when he's uh, spelling out yes. Yes. the loving you or feel like making love to you or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. Vince Vaughn is signing it's the letters. And nothing will ever replicate the first time when they pop on that screen on, on old school. Mm-hmm. Man. That was, but that song, that's a great, that's a great remix. There. Well, and Dan Ban is, it, they, they they were really pop, was, it was old school, right? Because yeah. they, they did a cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart <laughs> and threw in an F-bomb or two. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the best part of this is the band is known for its covers of originally female performed pop songs with yeah. added obscenities and swearing. You know, I didn't realize all the songs yet they cover are all female front That's wild. Did not ever realize that. All right. That's number one song. Let's let's jump in to some Ask Us Anything. Deej, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, what's the most useless thing that you still have memorized? Me, it's Roy G. Biv. And I told my wife, the only time I'll be able to use that is when I'm weirdly flexing on my daughters to show them, like, <laughs> I know what the rainbow is. Okay, so I remember in grade school we had a counselor that, like, had this... I don't know some. I don't even know what to call it, but it was like, say this to yourself if you're like gonna fly off the hinge. Whoa! And I'm not a person that exactly blows up easy unless I'm in a car. <laughs> um, but it was okay. So stop, stop right now. Tell yourself, calm down. Open your fists. Count to ten. Stop until you can think again. Wow! Yeah. I was like, you know what? For some, they might need that. For me, I'm good. Hey, you still got it, though. Yeah, I do. You you better use it on them Because we had to say it every Tuesday, every Thursday, every Peter for five years. That's good. Troy? Problem is, is there's so much useless knowledge in this skull. (laughs) I... I, that that's not a good question for me. Yeah, you're I, like, wait, what isn't? <laughs> oh, but you're gonna come in handy during trivia. When Mitch is doing next time trivia, you'll come in handy because you'll be like, oh, except I know that. he learned last night that I, you know, was off to a great start and then faded late. Mm. That's mm. true. We had a KB award thing. They had a trivia game. He blew it. Oh. Blew it. He could have won. Could have won a thousand dollars. Oh my god! The flaw was that. Like, I got lucky on a couple of guesses actually early on, and oh, it, it boy. vaulted me to the top. And then the guesses kind of ran out. <laughs> Do you still remember Ten. how to play Wabash? Yes. <laughs> Count us down, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> Go ahead. Three, two, Wildcat victory as well. One. Go Cats. 